Hello, welcome back to Back in My Play. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and we are off to the races with all 16 bits of the Super Nintendo Entertainment System with Super Mario Kart, the original. Just one week after Super Mario Kart 8 came out, or I guess they just got rid of that Super. It's just Mario Kart 8. But to celebrate this, I got two fantastic guests with me for this ride. We're not riding in the same cart. We're doing battle mode this week. And first off, coming back all the way from Alabama, we got Joshua Hillier from Digital Rights and the Internet. Hello, and I've been wondering, what's up with Donkey Kong Jr. being in this game and not the proper Donkey Kong? What's the deal? Well, in this timeline, uh, Donkey <laughs> Kong actually died. Uh, so this is where the you know Super Mario Kart series splits off into uh-huh. its... In its lineage, uh, and to help us explain, yeah, to help us explain the Super Mario Kart timeline, we got CJ Chris Johnson of uh, the Player One Podcast. CJ, how are you? I'm doing well. I got my feather item ready to go and take a shortcut on the course. <laughs> oh man, we're going to be talking about those items quite a bit today. Uh, and you know what? We are going to get right into it in just a second because. Somewhat of a little bit of announcement. If you haven't been like on the internet, I just want to mention this real quick. I won't spend too much time because you can always just go to patreon.com slash back in my play because now Patreon supporters are getting a whole lot more, including two and a half hours of additional exclusive back in my play content every single week, including the back in my play weekend rental video series. And you're going to be getting back in my play sound tests every single month. And back in my play live once a month as well. Tons of exclusive stuff. And I, all I'm going to say real quick is that there's two tiers, $5 per month and $10 per month of support. Very similar to like the $1 per episode of what we were doing in the past. And this is going to help me cre- create additional content for back in my play, not just for the people that are paying and supporting the show, but also additional content for those that uh, are not able to support the show. So I really appreciate that. And I understand sometimes not all this extra content is going to sound super uh, tantalizing. I'm still going to be shaping it based on what Patreons want, but also, uh, and I mentioned this in the video as well, but my friends have kind of put it this way is that even if you're not interested in all that additional stuff, like that Patreon stuff is really kind of like a tip jar. It's like a show of appreciation and support to allow me to create more of this stuff because I'm really putting a strong go at making this more of a full-time job with a podcasting gig. So please just go over to patreon.com slash the fitcast again for just five bucks a month, like the price of a cup of coffee per month. You're going to get all that extra stuff. And trust me, you're going to want to hang out for sound tests. I'm, I just made the first episode today. It is so, so good. Oh my God, I can't wait to to share that with you guys. But uh, go check it out, patreon.com slash backofmyplay. If you have any questions, Kevin at backofmyplay.com. All that stuff is fantastic. So I just want to mention that. But right now, we're going to pause for a second. We're going to play some of this, you know, surprisingly. I haven't heard this soundtrack extensively in a long time, but this incredible soundtrack for Super Mario Kart. We've got another track coming up for you right now as we take a break, and then we'll come back with the history of Super Mario Kart. Thank you. 
going to be talking a little bit about the history of Super Mario Kart as we get started. Hey, it's no secret. Developed and published by Nintendo, but the release date's first coming off in Japan, August 27th, 1992, just about a year after the uh, initial release of the Super Famicom. And then in North America, September 1st, 1992, uh, again, about a year after the Super NES release. So still a very early title on that console. In terms of development, some pieces of note. First off, this was kind of developed, you know, on the heels of F-Zero with the goal of having two-player simultaneous play on the same screen. Very much like a huge upgrade from F-Zero. But unfortunately, uh, this additional feature caused uh, somewhat of a limitation in terms of track complexity, which I'm sure we'll get into in the future segments. Also, when they were developing this game, they weren't originally making it into quote-unquote Mario Kart. It was just going to be a, a racing game, a kart game. But then during development, they just said, hey, let's just throw Mario in one of these carts. Let's see what it looks like. And then they just kind of got that idea and they ran with it. They used other characters in the Mario universe to fill out that eight-character roster. And of course, this is a fantastic showcase for that Mode 7 graphics that was a touchstone of the Super Nintendo with its scaling and rotation and the DSP chip, this is one of those things that if you are a EverDrive user, uh, it is one of the hiccups if you only have a super EverDrive where that special uh, DSP digital signal processor chip, which allowed for additional better handling of floating point calculations to assist with three-dimensional math and kind of that cool little pseudo 3D look in the game, uh, that is not supported on the super EverDrive. So you get a bump up to that SD SNES or SD2 NES, if you want to play it on uh, one of your EverDrives. But really interesting stuff. Also of note, composer uh, Soya Oka, who she really only did this game and a couple other early Nintendo games, including Ice Hockey versus Excitebike, uh, Pilot Wings on the Super Nintendo, SimCity on the Super Nintendo, Super Mario All-Stars, and then wrapped up with Wario's Woods. So really, actually, some fantastic soundtracks, some really memorable soundtracks like SimCity. But then after that, uh, stopped making games with Nintendo, which is kind of a bummer, and stopped mm. making uh, video game soundtracks, it seems, from the limited stuff that I was able to find on her. But hell, that's a pretty good lineup. If you're putting together uh, you know, a, a lineup of, of video game soundtracks to have composed, you know what? That's really hard to compete with in terms of quality uh, for that list. Also, two other quick things of, of note. Uh, the directors of this game, uh, Tadashi Sugiyama and Hideki Kono. Uh, Kono, especially, still working extensively on the Mario Kart franchise throughout his career, all the way to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as a producer. Uh, he had worked on literally... Super Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart 64, Super Circuit, the Game Boy Advance game, uh, the DS game, the Wii game, Mario Kart 7, Mario Kart 8, and like I just said, Mario Kart Deluxe, as well as uh, a supervising producer, excuse me, advisor on F, uh, F-Zero X on the Nintendo 64, including a couple other games, and then uh, Sugiyama, also working on uh 
F0X. We recently talked about Sugiyama on Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, and then really some major franchises like Wii Fit, Mario Kart Double Dash, uh, The Wind Waker, Luigi's Mansion, some duds like Star Fox Zero, um, <laughs> and, you know, the, uh, I guess, sister game for that, Star Fox Guard, which I'm sure everyone was willing to pay the extra price for that. But No you know price what? is too high for Star Fox Guard. Did, did yeah. either of you guys play Star Fox Zero? I did. Yeah, and Guard. Thumbs yeah. up? Thumbs to the side. Okay. I'm going to go thumbs down, just to be completely honest here. Like, I love Star Fox as a franchise, but nah, that game wasn't very good. You know what? Uh, best Star Fox game ever? Star Fox. The first one, yep. The first one. I'm going 64. And yep. uh, 64 3D, specifically, on 3DS. That's also very good, but Star Fox for the Super Nintendo is, like, the hidden best. Sorry, I didn't want to do the Shane thing. Like, the secret best... <laughs> soundtrack on the super nintendo like top to bottom you load that thing up oh my god you just want to like kick some ass listening to that Mm so yeah that's off i often have that first stage music like stuck in my head and now that you've mentioned it i'm gonna have it stuck in my head for the next day or two like when you're weaving in and out of traffic or something yeah yeah oh totally that's a that's a that's a perfect i mean i'm surprised it wasn't in fate of the furious i thought that could have been part of their uh, extensive mm-hmm. soundtrack, including uh, Don Omar, and maybe it's like a Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon. You just start it at the right time and oh, it just man, syncs so up perfectly. Good. It's so yeah. good that it has just uh, taken us off the uh, off the racetrack and yeah, into space. <laughs> so let's get back on track. Uh, that is really about it when it comes to uh, the history of Super Mario Kart. But guess what? Like I said, they dropped that super, and then they had not. One sequel, not two sequels, but seven sequels. And then I guess you can kind of like do a 7.5 with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which I'm sure we will talk about in the final segment. So we'll wrap back around to that. But until then, let's take another break. Here's some more fantastic music from Super Mario Kart. And we're going to come back with our histories and memories of Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Stick around. We'll be right back. all the way back to 1992 and hell that super nintendo it's just got a really good lineup of games at this point it's uh that sega does what nintendo ain't really working as well as it did back in Mm -hmm. 1990 and 1991 because scaling and rotation does a lot (laughs) for video games especially back then when we start thinking about man 3d games what's this fx chip i gotta go check out that next issue in nintendo power and find out but We're all playing Mario Kart, and this is still, I think, an interesting time for all of us as gamers, because especially me, we're talking about 1992, I'm a whole six years old, so this kind of falls into that area where you kind of don't necessarily play these games on day one, like all of us got Mario Kart 8 on day one, and like seemingly everyone that owns a Switch got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe (laughs) on day one, but you kind of just got it whenever you rented it or whenever like 
you went over to a friend's house and they just happened to have it, which is kind of how I played it. But Josh, when did you first play Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo? And uh, what was your experience like? What did you, who'd you play it with? Christmas present. Um, so it came out in 92. I'm trying to remember what time of the year, fall? Was it a player's choice or did you get no. the, okay. You got yeah, it's an original box and I kept all the boxes and everything. So uh, yeah, yeah. And I played it by myself for a long time because I was an only child and didn't have a ton of kids on my street. But my friends always looked forward to playing it when they came over. Like that was a go-to game, you know, to play battle mode. Battle mode. I was just going to say, <laughs> was it battle mode or was it, it was always battle mode, right? Totally. It was racing by myself in battle mode with my friends. They just did not care at all about racing because it's a pretty hard game uh, in terms of staying on the track. Oh, yeah. I mean, true. Yeah. I think like anything, I mean, 100cc is like tough if you're using like a Yoshi or a Toad, someone that yeah. is, uh, you know, a little, little loosey goosey. Yeah. No, but I I realize this again every time I come back to the game, which, you know, every few years I do for whatever reason when it's released on virtual console or something. And it it is just a brutal game. Like especially mm-hmm. the Bow not the Bowser courses, the uh the Boo courses mm. and uh, you know where you're just falling off constantly. Beach courses when you get stuck in, you know, water. Yeah, exactly. And Vanilla Lake, like with the ice, uh, you know, that adds that other dimension of sliding um, in addition to just regular problems with controlling. It is a brutal game. So battle mode um, kind of became the go to. Yes, because it's really fun, um, but also because you didn't have to worry so much about just being able to steer and play the game. Mm hmm. Love it. Um, yep. Well, I, I, I want to uh ask you did you ask for this game or was it just like you know where your parents just kind of like well it's got mario on it josh will like it <laughs> it was totally uh, it's got mario on it josh will like it which you know uh, it's still pretty much the way that people shop for me today so that's good that's that's actually a really smart call that you know back then nintendo characters and their games really meant quality like it wasn't like the i mean i guess it always kind of was up until Mario Party, right? Yeah, I guess that was the beginning of like branching out into all sorts of other games with the Mario um, name on them. I mean, unless you count the uh, CDI games. Uh, Oh no, those are quality. We're doing it. We're doing the summer of CDI, so let's not talk talk (laughs) about that just yet. We're doing a whole summer just talking about CDI in twenty twenty eight. So we're just gonna save that for then. Isn't that Um, a um, Brian Adams song, "Summer of CDI"? Jesus. All right. Um, <laughs> let's just keep, let's keep, let's keep moving on and let's go over to CJ and, uh, CJ, was this, was this on your like most wanted list? Was this like circled in the Sears catalog? It, it was, uh, but How I rented you, it CJ? first. Uh, 92? I was 92. I must've been, uh, 15. Okay. Yeah. I rented it at first and uh, only bought it later after I had a job at Babbage's and could get that sweet, sweet employee discount. Mm-hmm. Um, was but, it pretty yeah, good? I, it was like 20% or something like it was, it was a fair discount. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mainly played it one player actually, oddly enough. <laughs> well, it was a really uh, good time trial mode. Yeah, good time trial mode. I liked the uh, the single player was fine. Uh, I I played a little bit of two player, but yeah, mostly just 
solo uh, until I started working at EGM back in 94. And mm. Super Mario Kart was huge at the EGM offices. And uh, I would play two-player there. I would play multiplayer against some of the uh, other editors while we were on Deadline. Oh, you played mode? Super Mario? Well, yeah, I guess it would have been before uh, Mario Kart 64. Yeah, before Mario 64 in, in 1994. Wow. Still okay. playing Super Mario Kart. You, you know, I think, uh, well, maybe I'll save that uh, point until the, the next segment, but uh, I think it is worth mentioning. I kind of mentioned it when I was talking with Josh, but you know, this was part of Nintendo's uh, Player's Choice series back then, which is now if you if you weren't you know alive or playing games back then, now it's kind of like their Nintendo Select series. On the Super Nintendo, this is where if you had a million seller, they they had the choice of throwing this kind of badge on the front of the game and on the cart of the box and on the cart, and they also offered these games at a discounted price, like thirty to forty dollars. So, in the U.S. at least, we ended up getting about a dozen games on this lineup, including Donkey Kong Country One through Three. F Zero is a big one of note, and this is like, and I'm talking about these became player's choice games including uh Donkey Kong Country 2 and 3 in 1998 like this was end of kind of console generation like let's get all those people that are picking up those $99 like model 2 like those uh SNES minis and let's allow them to pick up all these cool games as we do a reprint and do it for a little bit cheaper so uh like I mentioned like uh Donkey Kong Country 1 through 3 F-Zero uh Link to the Past Mario Paint Sim City I cannot believe Mario Paint was a million seller that's kind of seems like that's a lie but uh Super Star Wars Street Fighter 2 uh Mario All-Stars Kart World uh let's see Super Metroid uh Tetris and Dr. Mario Tetris 2 so it's a pretty good lineup of yeah um, games and you get for like 30 to 40 bucks uh which is which is really really cool so i i I just wanted to bring that up real quick well and that model 2 super nintendo looked way better than the original united states super nintendo at least oh yeah it did yeah it had a much more rounded look like the rounded buttons and it has had a smoother i mean the u.s super nintendo is not a good looking console let's just be no perfectly real like it's i really liked the look back in 91 uh when they first showed it i was at the ces uh where they unveiled it actually no way i thought it looked really great how how cool was that did you get to like go to a presentation on that no i didn't go to a presentation i just uh yeah (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) buying glass they had it out but uh could you play anything on it yeah, I played Super Mario World and oh, cool. uh, Pilot Wings. Yeah, I played whatever they had. Did it like? Did your eyeballs just like pop out of your head? Yes. Look at all those yes, colors. Yes, they did. Oh, so many <laughs> more colors. Have you seen the Super Famicom yet? I had not seen the Super Famicom up close at that point. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I wanted. I just to... think that's so timeless. Sorry, Kevin. Oh no, no, yeah. oh, totally, Ab- absolutely. I-, I was just gonna say, you know. Actually, Josh just said it, uh, but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no, the Super Famicom like holds up so much more in terms of design and style. Like I was, you know, uh, tweeting and, and and posting a picture of me playing Super Mario Kart on the Super Famicom today, and it's like, mm-hmm. damn, that's still like a sexy console. Like it still looks great. Um, Definitely, which, and I would even say the NES is kind of in that. Like the NES still looks really good. Like that NES Mini looks uh, looks pretty good for 2017. But um, mm-hmm. 
I digress because I should probably talk about my history and memories with this game. I played it at Jeff's house, and I might have brought up Jeff in the past, but uh, <laughs> Jeff uh, had kind of like, in my mind, every Super Nintendo game, like he had 60 Super Nintendo games like in 1993, okay? Like he had every game because his grandparents were super cool. His grandparents bought him a ton of games, and I don't know if they just had money or whatever, but... He had a really deep lineup. So that's where I got to play like so many games uh, for the first time or, you know, he was my my rental store uh, a lot because he didn't live, he was probably maybe like a half a mile or three quarters of a mile from my house. So it was a pretty good, pretty good location for, for renting and stuff. But what we did is we always played battle mode. It was like almost exclusively battle mode. I never really touched the races whatsoever until Super Mario Kart 64, excuse me, Mario Kart 64, because I think this is a game that unless you owned it, like you could not compete against people that owned it in the <laughs> races. Like it was just not even yeah. possible. Um, but in battle mode, you absolutely, you, you definitely had an opportunity kind of just based on the randomness and chance of what items that you could pick up. So if you could pick up like a like a good red shell, you get a get a star, like you could maybe win a couple matches or at least take out a couple of the balloons on your off your buddy before you got taken out. So at least you had some satisfaction from that instead of being like your friend being like, "Yeah, we only play 150 CCs. We're only playing, you know, <laughs> you know, uh special circuit. We're going to play the hardest uh maps and deal with it, dude. You're going to be in eighth place. Have fun." So yeah, 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 yeah. You have to memorize the courses pretty much. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. that was. I mean, that's something that really separates this game uh, from the others in the series. Because Josh, True. you mentioned it briefly, but I think it is much harder to control the carts in this game, and you have much uh, less room for error because, like, you run into a wall due to just the limitations of the console at the time, like you just come to a complete stop. Like there isn't room to really have the, uh, or there really aren't physics mm -hmm. that would properly yeah. allow you to like, kind of just bump off the, the wall. You kind of just come to an abrupt stop. So it is not really forgiving, but that also uh, lends credence to why this might be kind of one of the, maybe the best Mario Kart. Are we going to, go there already <laughs> we can talk about it at the end but I, I can somewhat understand that argument but uh let's touch on this briefly before we go into the next segment just because i think it is uh it's fair game like i think for me this series came into its own when i ended up getting one of these games which was mario kart 64 which god i played i i, I played so much of that game, and I had the player's uh, choice version. I just thought it was a huge mm -hmm. step up from this. Um, go, CJ. I, I want to be the last one to talk on this one. <laughs> I actually played Mario Kart Super Circuit more than uh, 64, hmm, and I kind of skipped over Double Dash. Double Dash, I, I played mostly multiplayer, and then Mario Kart Wii, and uh, I played the DS and 3DS games a mm -hmm. lot. But those later games, I mostly played single player. So um, they, uh, I don't know, Mario, Super Mario Kart is a really good game. I don't know if I would call it the best, though, at this point. I, I have other favorites 
in the series. So I respect everything that you guys have said, but here comes the butt part. I, I had to come up with my conclusion this time around, and I, I just think that this is a game that is important in video game history. It created a subgenre. I don't even yep. think that's arguable, is it? It straight up created it and um, has become an incredible franchise that brings people together, really fun to play. This game does not hold up well at all. Um, is is where Bro, I stand on this it. A wrong, come on, Josh, you were on episode one. This is not how we do the show. We wait until the next segment. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with some more Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart. Man, why couldn't they just keep it Super Mario Kart and make it so much easier for my life? All right, True. here's some more music from Super Mario Kart. We'll be right back. We made it all the way back to 2017, and you know we live in a world now where we can take a console quality Mario Kart with us and play for like 57 minutes before our battery dies on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah. this is a really cool game to go back and and take a look at because I will say, like, I have not put extensive time into this game since. Uh, 1993 because whenever i go back to play a mario kart and this is like again another discussion that comes up a lot is like your first mario kart like the mario kart that you owned is like the mario kart you love the most and then it kind of just like feels like more of the same and just a little bit of iteration on Mm -hmm. the sequels that precede it but i i want to talk about this quite a bit but uh so josh uh, yes. You were saying in the in the wrong segment that uh, <laughs> you think you don't you don't think uh, Super Mario Kart holds up very well. I don't, and this this time it kind of broke my heart. You know, did you it's play like it on a you... Retron Five? How did you do this? <laughs> no, I don't even have the Retron Five anymore. Um, yeah, I know. I played it on a Super Nintendo, the U.S. Super Nintendo, um, but the Model Two, you know, the kind of sexy one, at least. And uh, so, you know, it's it was supposed to be the perfect version of it and everything. And it's just uh, it just wasn't much fun. Like and I kind of realized during this moment, it's sort of uh, like when you think that you fought really hard to get back together with someone. I always have relationship analogies. Uh, Okay, so let's say that you've like clawed your way back into this person's life. And it's like all you wanted. Uh This week's episode of Back in My Play. Of Loveline, man. Um, So you've clawed your way back into this person's life. And then you realize, or like the end of The Graduate, you know, if you've seen that movie, it's like, it wasn't worth it. Who, you know, this, this isn't as good as I to? thought it was. <laughs> who, who, who do you think's <laughs> listening to this? Like, like, my mom's not listening to this episode. You know, you got The Graduate, you got uh, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I got, uh, uh, I just got my heart broken this time, Kevin, because I love this series. It's probably my favorite video game series. I've had the most fun playing the Mario Kart series of any series. Um, I know what happened. This time, I know what, what happened. What happened? What okay, happened? so th- we all know this. Those in the hardcore uh, hardware scene know that the uh, Super Nintendo Mini or Super Nintendo Model Two 
has a lesser sound chip in it. It has a worse <laughs> sound chip than the uh, Super Famicom or the original Super Nintendo, and you just did not get those whistles clearly from the soundtrack, uh-huh. and I could see how that would uh, be a detriment to your experience because uh, I, I would I would disagree. I oh man, I had a blast playing this game, but continue, Josh. Sorry. Were you playing? Hold on. Were you playing battle mode? No, I was racing, and I was having a blast because uh, you know what? It's something kind of like you know clicked, and it really does. Like obviously, the comparison to F Zero is not much of a leap because they're basically oh. on the same thing. It's like you kind of. You know, you know, put a, a a cart on top of a pencil, and you stuck that pencil through a piece of paper, and you're basically just turning that piece of paper on that fixed mm-hmm. uh, pencil, which is like kind of how they did it in in F Zero. But uh, there are some things that are definitely lacking in this game, like the items being uh, borderline useless, except for the feather, mm. the red shell. Yep. The, the red shell, but the lack of physics in yeah, this no, game right. make like, you know, you throw a shell behind you, it just stays in that place. Right, right. Yeah, and the green shells are so much fun in the future Mario Kart games. Oh, they yeah. wreak havoc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you think about Baby Park and courses like that, and green shells make them. Sorry, continue, Josh. I don't mean to, I don't mean to jump on you, but I just want to say, um, man, I'm just say Josh is right. Josh is so right. <laughs> yes, yes. Link's Let it awakening rain all me. over again, folks. I'm sorry. Like, should have should have done my homework uh, a little bit better. Should have done a little bit of pre-interviewing before we put this show together. That's right. Tim, well, and I love Link's Awakening. If I'd been on that episode, I would have been like really shilling for it. <laughs> well, you know what? We don't have time machines just yet, so we're gonna have to do our best with what we got. Um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to jump in on both you guys as you uh, talk about your experience and I'll, I'll just talk about how you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love, um, because I, I want to love this game the way I used to love this game. Okay, you so know? let's I found, I don't enjoy not not enjoying it. Oh, well, let's go, let's go to that, CJ first, yeah. I found that each Mario Kart uh, gets better. Yes. <clears throat> and when I mm. go back to play older ones, I don't like them as much as I had remembered. And the same kind of goes for Super Mario Kart. It's like I I loved that game back in the day, and I play it again now, and it's like, well, tracks are kind of simplistic, and the whole coin thing, and you run into an obstacle and you stop dead, and it's mm-hmm. hard to turn, it's hard to hit some of the jumps, um, and I just don't have quite as much fun with it. I I want to go to Mario Kart Eight Deluxe instead. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Um, it's like it's well, like what's better, like Madden ninety two or like Madden twenty eighteen? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. What what about uh, super? What what's the one for GBA called? Super Circuit. Super Circuit. Yeah, yeah, and so that plays a lot like Super Mario Kart. Oh, that's a that's yes. a that's a much better. Well, oh god, I don't want to say that, but I that is a surprisingly <laughs> good game, and that's a really that's like one of the best looking games on that. Uh, GBA hardware too, like that. Definitely that that like fake that like actual. It had like polygonal 3D in it, right? Like pseudo polygonal 3D. Yeah, it was fake 3D. Oh, the fakey Donkey Kong Country style 3D. It looks so it good, looks though. Good. Yeah, it does look good. Well, and to me, that game is kind of the like realization of the promise of Super Mario Kart. You know, that's kind of what Super Mario Kart wanted to be because it came out what nine years later. 
um, and yeah. the hardware was better able to produce a game like that. And you can even unlock all of the original Super Mario Kart tracks in Super Circuit. That's right. So it's kind of like you're playing the better version once you unlock those tracks. Mm. Okay, so um, I'm actually looking. I wanted to pull this up for reference real quick. I'm actually looking at video of uh, Super Circuit on the GBA, and oh my god, this looks so much better <laughs> than yeah. Mario Kart. That's like uh, if they could have pulled this off on the Super NES hardware, which I remember, like the GBA, and this is maybe something that we'll do in the future. But obviously, like the GBA was touted as a 32-bit system, even though it kind of had weaker audio hardware. It it was able to do some really interesting things graphically. Like, man, this looks mm-hmm. super good. Yeah, for GBA, I played the heck out of that. Me too. Uh, although it, I think Super Circuit came out a little later uh, after launch because I played a, a whole bunch of Konami Crazy Racers instead. Okay. <laughs> to kind yeah, of maybe get it was warmed 02 up. or 03 or something. Yeah, that was yeah. that was uh, the Konami YY World game. Uh, YY World uh, Racers. That's uh, that lineage. And they unfortunately never brought those YY World games over here. But you can check it out. Uh, really good episode with Kirk Collada on YY World 2. Uh, yeah. Great soundtrack. Um, all right. Well, let me let me let me throw this in here real quick um, because I think maybe this is maybe this is a bad point and I will I will you know understand if you think it's a poor point but a couple things uh, one I totally forgot like they did the thing that was like all right well we need to squeeze every last bit out of these graphics so what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna chop the screen in half and. We're mm-hmm. going to basically just put the map on the bottom and we'll put the player on the top screen. So that way we don't have to really draw as much of the geometry, literally half, like a lot of games of the past. And we brought this up a lot on the show, but you know, some games like Super Mario Brothers three, uh, will actually have like, a let's call it like a fifth of the screen will just be the scoreboard. So that way they mm-hmm. can do much more complex looking things because they don't need to draw out all the pixels on, on the screen. And that's what Super Mario Kart does. As, as well, but it makes really good use. First off, like that map with those gigantic characters like on the bottom, it looks really cool. And it's something mm-hmm. that at least like, say if you're playing with like a friend and you're like trading off, like they can like give you updates and like, oh yeah, like, and it's always Toad, like Toad's on your ass, like Toad, Toad's coming up right behind you. Like you gotta <laughs> watch out for it. Um, so that's really cool. And also it is used like a PSP, with Ridge Racer, I know it was a PSP with uh, Gran Turismo where you could like use it as a rear view mirror if enemies were going to be firing items at you. That's super yes. cool. That was no. actually something I had kind of forgotten about when I, I played it. I played it on the 3DS virtual mm-hmm. console, and I didn't remember that, yeah, it gives you like uh, an enemy behind you, throws a shell, and you see a little replay or it, you see like a rear view. Totally. Uh, it's perfect. It gives you the opportunity to jump and dodge that projectile. Like if they have a, a shell or something like that, they they give you that uh, ability to do so. Yeah. Although yeah, now Kevin, we have a different system where you have the little bubble pop up and uh, the it's sort of an audio cue to, mm-hmm. to uh, allows you to counterbalance that. But yeah. But now I will say you are selling me a little bit, though, because there is there's a ton of character in that you know, in that little, um, map screen on the bottom. 
uh, and kind of a little bit of like prophecy or for uh, foretelling of the future with the two screen approach, you know, with the map being on the bottom going on as well. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to give it a little bit, uh, you know, I think both of you brought up the lack of, uh, diversity in the tracks like you can literally just look at the list of tracks like from mushroom uh, mushroom cup to flower cup we got mario circuit one donut plains one ghost valley one bowser castle one and then you get uh choco island one ghost valley two donut plains two bowser castle two like they basically just had kind of the same templates and you just made them more difficult as you get up to uh, the special cup with, you know, the one unique stage, which has been in all the games in the whole series, um, at least to my knowledge is, uh, you know, a version of rainbow road. Yeah. And the track, uh, the tracks really like you look at an overhead view. They're kind of samey. Oh yeah. They just have <laughs> different, you know, pits or they have like, I think, you know, where the, the levels, like some of the levels that, that really shine the best are, are the beach levels like the the levels yeah. where you have like different pockets of water and mud like those are really fun to to race on but then when you get back to like uh mo- like donut plains 3 okay <laughs> i've i've seen this brown stage a couple times and they put a couple jumps in it which is cool but it's still like a incredibly squished flat area which if there was just even a little bit of like fake geometry like if there was a game that could have really benefited from waiting a year for that super fx ship it would have been a game like this mm-hmm. yeah i agree so do you guys think that they were really going for the feel of a go-kart like that was part of the point that's kind of not really something they do anymore i mean now you know they have like um, replicas of the f-zero um, vehicles mm. and stuff like that uh, so was that part of it with the controls i wonder is like hmm. we want this to be like some unwieldy go-kart that's not really designed that's designed for more whimsical fun you know driven around on these like smaller contained um tracks well even f-zero kind of felt like that like it's i mean it's nintendo's always shooting for like and this is where where i maybe i like this because i was always a yoshi guy and like i don't like the character yoshi but for some reason i just always picked that character back on Super Mario Kart and Mario Kart 64, which I haven't really played a lot of them extensively until probably, um, I would say, either the DS game or on uh, Mario Kart 8. But, like, he feels, if you can master Yoshi and you can, like, nail down the threading of the throttle and just the, like, serious Han levels of Tokyo drifting this dude is doing in these stages, (laughs) like, I don't know, for me, even playing today, like, it was you know, really fun. Like, because I was really starting to master these controls and just know exactly when to turn into those corners, uh, with that character. Well, that's why I do think, and I said this earlier that I think the time trial mode is so good on this game because I mean, it's a very typical, um, time trial mode, but, it, it kind of rewards your ability to learn the tracks and to mm-hmm. get good at, uh, oh no, I said get good. I didn't mean it the Dark Souls way or whatever. To mm-hmm. get better at power sliding and drifting and all that. And uh, it, it really takes out all the other stuff that can make the courses too unnecessarily difficult mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like fighting the other characters the whole time. Um, and it's just about you and like course mastery. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did have the most fun uh, with that in this replay that I was doing. 
did you guys ever play Top Gear, like Top Gear 2000, 3000 on Super Nintendo? Nope. No. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, um, I think Chemco did that, if you guys remember Chemco. Uh, but it was a really cool racing game that, if I remember correctly, they actually did the same thing where they actually cut the screen in half and like the bottom was just like the status of your car in a map uh, mm. in the top. It was just like, it was a really good looking, if you're listening and you haven't checked out, look up uh, like Top Gear 2000, Top Gear 3000. They're super good. Well, this is how I remember it, at least from God. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, you already said it now. When I was like 20, I haven't played that game in 22 years, but uh, that is how I remember it as being like, oh my God, this is like, it might as well be the future of is virtual reality for me, but um, so real. It was so real. So uh, a couple other things I want to bring up real quick. One, there is some strategy with this game because uh, like unlike I believe all the other games, you actually have lives in this game, and if you right don't on. place in top four, you have to spend a life to restart. You can't just hit pause and restart. You actually have to, or you could do that too, but you're still going to lose. Uh, a life. So there is some strategy. If you want to make sure that you get first place every single time and you're just like on that last lap and you're just not seeing it and you got a life to burn, you probably just want to make sure you don't even finish in the top four and waste a life and then restart that stage once again and give it one more shot. So there's some strategy there. Yeah. Okay. And when you guys over, yeah, I can I feel it. I think it's a cool, I think, no, I think that's a cool mechanic. Um, and I do think that, and this was something that Neil Ronahan uh, talked about in his very controversial Mario Kart 8 um, review that he was unfairly um, crucified on Twitter for because um, he gave it an 8.5 uh, out was of 10. At uh, Nintendo World Report. But yeah, when when the first one came out, like what three years ago, not the deluxe version, but the the first one, um, he talked about how it would really be nice if the Mario Kart franchise had a more robust single player, like an adventure mode, um, or something more along like what you see in Diddy Kong Racing, um, and uh, Crash did it as well with Crash Team or Tag Racing, whatever. Yeah, CTR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CTR had had more going on there. So you know, there's a case to be made for. Um, for the single player uh, having more going on. I think that's right. Uh, I, I wished that this had uh, more to it, more of a story. But but I will say, I mean, like the whole lives thing is at least a step towards that, you know, that we've, that we've lost that even over the years to where uh, now it really is. And you're not even unlocking carts and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> and know? it auto accelerates and steers for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what am I doing? I am so surprised <laughs> that I'm the one defending this game. And even the little touches that have like, you know, uh, you know, a driver is about to pass you and like your driver will tilt its head to like look to the right. If someone's passing you on your right or tilt to the left, if they're passing you on really your right left oh yeah um and even the sound design is really good too like the directional sound for stereo and a super nintendo in 1992 is kind of nuts yeah and lakitu being the uh one with the the green light that was that was i i i think that mar the mario series oddly enough is kind of a perfect fit for various genres Mm -hmm. and uh you know this being sort of the first exploration of that but yeah, a lot of the design is great. I, I especially love like the huge numbers, like when you come in first, second, third. Like mm-hmm. it just uh, it feels good. Feels good to win in Mario Kart. You know what else feels good is taking another break, and then we'll come back and talk about just some thoughts about the Mario Kart series in general and 
Some uh, maybe comparison or thoughts on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Nintendo Switch. So stick around. We will be right back with that. So let's just kind of have a general discussion. I want to talk a little bit about the Mario Kart series because I think it's always fascinating to see like where people find themselves on like the best Mario Kart or even I'm kind of curious if if either you have kind of like a really disappointing Mario Kart. I know for some people that is either like like double dashes kind of sometimes on one side or the other for that. So mm-hmm. let's, let's talk a little bit about that. And then we'll also get into some uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe talk because I know all three of us have been playing quite uh, a bit of it. So uh, CJ, I'm kind of curious. I think you're alluding to it a little bit before and a little bit on the internet last week, but uh, it seems like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is uh, at the top of your list. It is at the very top. Yeah. Uh, at the bottom of my list is Double Dash. Sorry to say, but why uh, though, CJ? Why why the bottom of the list? And and I want to talk about the positive stuff too. Certainly with Deluxe, but I, I adore Double Dash, and I know it's widely hated. I mean, it's a it's an okay game. I mean, it's not a bad game, but it's it's the one I have the least uh, fond memories of. I guess uh, I played a ton of Mario Kart sixty four in my friend. Uh, well, it's actually Phil's friend, uh, uh, his basement, and uh, we would get together with Phil and my friend Mike and uh, my friend Nikki and uh, play Mario Kart 64 until the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So crazy! Uh, but Double Dash, I mean, it was an it was an okay game. I don't really have fond memories of it, honestly, and I, I'm not sure why. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is the multiplayer, the local multiplayer aspect of it, because I was like in the perfect time of my life um, for that to have people around all the time because it was college when that game came out. Yeah. And we just we played Double Dash all the time. Um, You know, like all my friends, uh, their girlfriends and boyfriends and people who would come over to my apartment. I mean, you know, that was sort of the game, even more than Smash Brothers. Wow. So, It probably is just a time of life thing, and I'm attaching some nostalgia to it. But nostalgia is a beautiful thing. I think that it's, could it's be it, actually. It's, it's like when, uh, whenever you had friends who could stay up all night and play video games, that's mm-hmm. the Mario Kart <laughs> release that you liked the most. Well, that's mm-hmm. why I'm thinking, like, when, when, when we were playing Mario Kart, like, me and my group of friends, it wasn't – it wasn't just Mario Kart. It was actually like we would rotate between, uh, I think it was it was Mario Kart 64. It was like those four-player games. It was Mario Kart 64. It was GoldenEye. We were playing yep. 
oddly enough, Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey that game got game extensive rules. play throughout the whole life of the Nintendo 64 and my household from day that that game you know got its money's worth uh, or I got my money's worth out of that game. Uh, and then the other two were uh, Duke Nukem 64 and NFL, NFL Blitz. So we would just yeah. uh, and it was Blitz. Excuse me, it was Blitz 2000 because the first Blitz mm-hmm. on 64 was only two players, but you could do four player on Blitz 2000. Yeah, that that console just absolutely changed uh, local multiplayer parties. You know, I mean, I know that yeah. there were other um, like multi taps and adapters and things like that before mm-hmm. it, but yeah, I mean that and that took Mario Kart as a franchise to the next level, like being four able to player. actually play with four people. Yeah, yeah, and and look at like PlayStation two didn't even learn from that. Like you saw the Dreamcast still have four controller inputs. We saw that that on the original Xbox and on uh of course the GameCube, but uh for some reason the PS2 stuck with two ports and like PC Engine only had one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so crazy. Um I mean I don't know if that's just a product of, you know, like appealing to a Japanese market. Where, no, they did know. it for the TurboGrafx. TurboGrafx only had one as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that, that's baffling. Um, so, eight deluxe is your favorite, though, CJ. You're, you're calling. That's it. That's right. I'm calling it. Okay. Um, and no, that's a that's a very fair choice. Absolutely. It's it's statistically probably the best. It's probably hard to argue with it being the best game in the series, but. I think it's different between there's some uh, times of difference between that and like what your favorite Mario Kart would be. It might be the same for you, CJ, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like for for other people out there, it might be like like you know Josh sure. was saying it was like yeah, it's it's Double Dash. Like that's the game that we played the most just because it was at the right time, the right place, and the right people. And I think mm-hmm. yeah, I think part of it is playing with the right people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Mario Kart series after the first one, certainly right after 64, like it really did matter like who you were playing against and mm-hmm. that local multiplayer is just uh, superb and certainly creates a lot of great memories for people. I wish I had I wish I had a group of friends at the time that were into Either the Game Boy Advance, although to be honest, most of that you know time I was actually on a Neo Geo Pocket Color, which had even fewer people uh, using those. But <laughs> like some of my favorite stories from other people talking about Mario Kart franchise, it includes like local multiplayer on the the DS um, version yeah. of, of Mario Kart, or even the you know Game Boy Advance through through System Link. Yeah, totally. Um, I remember being in one of the times I went to the New York World Store, which uh, New York Nintendo World Store, whatever it's called these days. What is it called now? They changed the name recently. I think it's Nintendo just, World Store New York. Yeah, I think it's just Nintendo World Store New York. That's what my shirt says. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to start having them in other places, I believe. Uh, but anyway, like it was, I was there. It was my birthday. I was turning thirty years old. Um, they were having a Mario Kart Eight tournament, and uh, everybody in line had their 3DSs for those sweet, sweet street passes, of course. And uh, just like impromptu, as we were all waiting in line to play in the Mario Kart mm-hmm. Eight tournament, everybody was like, "Let's play Mario Kart 7. And so there were all these, um, you know, wireless lobbies getting set up and battle mode and like cups that were being raced as well. And um, I mean, it, it. I said this earlier, and I wasn't joking. It really brings people together. Um, and I think yeah. that their handhelds are especially able um, to do that in a unique way. Even. Yeah, uh, I th- oh, sorry. Go ahead, CJ. 
I think I've seen this from a couple of people on Twitter, people who are like lapsed gamers who maybe played Mario Kart 64 back in the day or mm-hmm. Mario Kart Wii who are buying a Switch and then like bringing their Switch to work and playing with other people who just also bought a Switch on Mario Kart that's 8. Cool. Like that, that's the power of this series. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's extremely powerful. Really smart of them to get this out uh, on the first couple months of of the Switch. And uh, the sales numbers show it. And, I mean, you mentioned the Nintendo World Store uh, in New York. And it was kind of amazing to see how packed that store was on Mm -hmm. a Thursday afternoon. And, or no, it it was a Friday afternoon, or Friday morning, I should say. And the, like, all the demo stations were all Mario Kart. And like upstairs nice. and downstairs, there were just like not only people playing the games, but people surrounding the people playing the games. And that's the power of of that series. And like I, I think it's just another it just goes to show how bad the Nintendo uh the Wii U was as a console yeah. <laughs> where that the power yeah. like the power of Mario Kart eight, it's the same game. Power of Mario Kart mm-hmm, eight yeah. could not get that console into people's homes, but something just a little bit better uh, and portable and something that is kind of new and flashy is uh, is getting the job done, which is, I, I love seeing it. I'm very happy that the Switch is selling really well and that Nintendo seems to be, like they seem to be back in the home console game, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, another thing I'll say, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe does this, and uh, it was on Wii U as well, and with the Wii version, they've done a really good job of accommodating multiple control styles in the last few uh, Mario Kart franchises, uh, Mario Kart entries, I mean. And um, like this one, my wife likes playing with the split Joy-Con, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, kind of like the Wiimote Nunchuck combo, which is the way that she played it on Wii. And she didn't like Mario Kart 8 on Wii U. So this is such a weird thing to me. Um, And so then uh, I put in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and we started playing and she was holding the controllers like that. And and she's like, I like this game. Um, I mean, it's the same game, but whatever. Um, And but you can play with a traditional controller if you want to. You know, you can put it in one of those little wheel attachments, which is how my five year old daughter plays it. Um, Mm. It's just so accommodating to all these different styles. You know, if you want to be super casual with it. Um, and and do the the motion controls with the um, steer assist on and or auto accelerate. Oh, which by the way, guys, um, I've been using auto accelerate because I realized I was like, why should I hold the A button down the whole time? Um, you know, like unless you're playing 200 CC and you need to break from time to time. Um, with 150, I'm just holding that all the time, and now I just concentrate on steering and power sliding and using my items, and it's really nice. Well, and- in 200 cc, you can still you can still break when auto accelerate is on, and it'll register the break. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, for some reason, I just I thought that I assumed that you had to just keep going all the time, so you can't nope. break and do that at the same time. Oh, well, you never can mind. Break. Yeah. yeah. By the way, mind. that 200 cc on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the best. Like 150 <laughs> yeah. is way too easy for me, and and 200 is just like. It's probably as close as we're ever going to get to F zero X. Like, <laughs> and it's not that close, yeah. but it's probably as close. Or I guess that fast racing Neo seems to continue to get you know some pretty decent uh, reviews and, and and thoughts from people. So you could always that's true. Now that or get Wipeout coming to PlayStation Four like next month. Yeah, 
You know, the great so, thing about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, though, or the Mario Kart series in general, is that even now, eight titles in, uh, they r- use tracks from uh, previous Mario Karts and they reimagine mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. uh, that, like, also brings you back. It's just, it's just like seeing what a Donut Plains 3 or whatever, I think, is yep. in uh, Mario Kart 8, right? And you get that old school feeling from it and it's just so so great that uh they hold over a lot of those tracks and bring them back did i mention yeah. the soundtrack is incredible in super mario kart uh, and it actually you know, the, the only the thing entries. that touches it yeah well i think mario kart 8 is and by the way do yourself a favor right now is if you care about the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack, go on eBay and get one of those Club Nintendo soundtracks that they only released in Japan, to my knowledge, and get them now before they are too expensive. It's one of my favorite soundtracks I have in my collection. That's a good call. That's a really good call. So like good. That Nintendo Big Band. Whoa. Yeah. So good. It slays. It slays. Yeah. It's like good music to just like walk around on a sunny day listening to, you know, just like it feels good to be alive when you're hearing that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Man, uh, it's a fun game. I don't know. We could Let probably, me, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. So here's another topic that I've been thinking about with this franchise. Um, and so this was something that kind of started with some of the Donkey Kong Country characters um, showing up, but uh, we really saw it with Mario Kart 8, where uh, the DLC ended up adding like Link. And Animal Crossing characters and some um, F-Zero tracks and carts. Uh, so are we going to keep the Mario Kart name in the future as it pretty certainly starts to add even more and more Nintendo characters to it? Well, or will it ever become Nintendo Kart? Yeah, we got to at least get to MKX. I think, yeah. I think you keep the Mario Kart name and you keep adding Nintendo characters, right? I mean, Super Smash Brothers is also a sort of a Mario uh, spin-off series, right? I mean... Yeah, well, and the Brothers part of it especially, yeah. yeah. Like, harkens back to Super Mario Brothers. Um, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Do you do you like the addition of all these other Nintendo characters? Or I've do you been think playing it should just exclusively, be a Mario I've been playing exclusively as Link, so yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah. I don't think it's cheesy at all. Like, it, you know, it's like Mario Kart. It's not that serious anyway. It's okay. And they um, need if to Link sell you more Amiibos, Josh. They, how, how else are <laughs> like, they going to hit those, you know, quarterly goals unless they can sell you? And I was so disappointed, CJ. I saw that tweet today. I saw you're getting, getting some more, like, what is that? 14 Zelda Amiibos. How many different versions of Link do you need? I'll buy all of them. <laughs> I don't There's care. There's an answer. It gives you heat resistance now in Breath of the Wild, which is which is good. That'd be, I mean, Probably. if they did that, that'd be kind of cool. Um, hey, one thing we need to talk about real quick, and this is kind of like on our news, just like, hey, the Super Mario Kart part of the show is over, but I think we should talk about this for a second. Is how awesome it is. Like when this when this game came out, and we learned that they had all the languages on the cart. Like mm-hmm. the thing that we all said is like. Why aren't they allowing us to change the voice work? Because like CJ, this is something you and I talked about a lot about how much better the Japanese voice work was from, I mean, the US, the English is fine and God bless everyone that worked on that. But uh, (laughs) like the Japanese was just, it seemed to fit so much better with the, the tone and the visuals uh, and the emotion of, of that game. And now Nintendo 
updated uh, Breath of the Wild, something that, again, you think we would like, it's so obvious, why didn't they do this at the start? And of course they will never do it because it's obvious, but they did it um, in a recent update. So now you can play in Japanese. I love it. With Japanese voice, with English text. Loaded it up, switched my language, and watched some of the memory videos. Oh, and they're that's great. A, oh, you can rewatch those, huh? You can rewatch them from uh, yeah, from the little sub screen sub menu. No, oh, I deleted my game and started a brand new one, and I'm gonna replay through that game again. Well, that's are a you, good idea. You're gonna do that now, or are you gonna wait until uh, some of that other stuff comes I'm out? Like, I don't care about any of that DLC whatsoever. <laughs> I could, really? like this is something we talked about on Twitter too, but like, no, I don't need a, a like a drawing on my map to tell me where I've been. Come on, like, why not? I beat the game. I know where everything is. I'm a, I'm a Zelda master. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know what I want? I want a master quest where you guys move a bunch of stuff around, or maybe like if they if the DLC had dungeons. Okay, I oh, want are, these mechanics in the dungeon. They already said that's not going to happen. Or I know. That's, the dungeon's going to be in DLC 2. And that's why I took that $20 and I bought a Raspberry Pi. What? <laughs> All right. So, so I, I was can... just expecting something like Nintendo-related or Zelda-related. <laughs> no, I took that $20, I turned it sideways, and I shoved it straight up Link's ass. <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to do? Um, yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I I am really excited to play through that game again, and uh, it is um, it's cool. It's it's a weird world that we live in with like a regularly like seeing regularly updated uh, updates to Nintendo games. I like, love it. It's great. It is a really good thing. I just hope we get like some some sort of game of the year edition at the like that is my little weird. Ethan thing is I do understand the need to like just wanting to have this stuff. So in 20 years you can play through breath of the wild and actually have these updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll happen. What do you think about uh, Mario Kart eight deluxe? Do you think we'll get DLC for that game? I, I hope so because I, you know what? One of the things I really like Mario Kart eight deluxe and I, I didn't play much of Mario Kart eight. I ran through all the tracks and locked them once and then didn't really play it except maybe I think we did an actually know it. I think we did like a, a player one in a back of my play, like group session for that, which I got murdered in. But, yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, one of my disappointments were, was that I'd never played the DLC stuff on Mario Kart eight. So all that stuff was brand new to me, but, oh. um, I was kind of bummed that it was all just unlocked. Like I kind of liked it, even though it was a very little bit of progression, that progression of unlocking like new uh, circuits and stuff was something that I enjoyed. But um, Mm. God, that game is so good. Like it's really good. And the attention to detail just continues with the series. I mean, we were talking about it in Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo, but it's just amazing what they've done in Mario Kart 8 deluxe just mm-hmm. the the little touches and i mean when the original came out and you had the you know the luigi look mm-hmm. that <laughs> was going around the internet but uh i mean that that stuff you kind of s- see how much that kind of stuff matters how much those little details just make the whole experience so much better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. playing uh, this makes me also want to contemplate not right away but see if for if there's some way to make a Super Mario All Stars episode work, that would be cool. 
Because mm-hmm. we never did. Could this be segments about each game, I imagine. Well, we never did Super Mario Brothers one. Oh, hmm. never did an episode on that because I I thought <laughs> of all the games that every retro game show has ever done, everyone yeah. has done the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> so maybe that yeah, would be. Yeah, no, it was kind of twist. an obvious choice, you know. I True. think now, back in my play, though, has the cred to do Super Mario Brothers one. Maybe that would just be the running joke. We never do that, but instead we do Solomon's <laughs> Key next week. Yeah, I'm back in my fine. Uh, if you do a final episode in the future, Super Mario Brothers. There you mm-hmm. go. A final episode finale. is revisiting Mylon's Quest. A series finale. No, Mylon's <laughs> Quest. I actually deleted that from the RSS feed, so no one can download it. Okay, then wow. it needs to be revisited. Yeah. No, I didn't. I'm just that was just. <laughs> but don't don't go listen to that episode because if you're ever enticed to want to play that game. Uh, I'm sorry, the show failed you because you should spend your time playing something way better, like I don't know, like Lightning Force on the Sega Genesis. Go spend time on that; <laughs> it's way better. That's how yeah. it's spelled. Isn't that what it's actually spelled as? Right, Lightning Force, Lightning Light- Force, Lightning Force. Right. Yeah, like lightning your load or something. Um, hey, I want to chime in on this DLC thing with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I think no, no DLC. You don't think they'll do it? Okay. No, I, and maybe the numbers that they're receiving already in sales, you know, like over half of the people who own a Switch have bought the game, um, maybe that will change their mind. But I would have to think that the resources are going towards the next like proper Mario Kart and that instead they spent time just fine-tuning some things and, you know, adding new courses for battle mode and some of those new yeah. characters. And they probably didn't plan on doing more for the game. I just well, we have never games. had two Mario Karts on uh, a single Nintendo platform, right? Yeah, we don't I need would, another one. Yeah, I, you know, I would have said before this one came out and um, I saw how much was added to it and just how many tracks there are with them all laid out like that, I probably would have said, no, we do still need another one but now having actually played this game on switch yeah i think you guys are right we don't really need another one you know it would be awesome if they reverse ported mario kart 8 to the 3ds <laughs> they will you know they will they love doing that <laughs> they, i mean uh, you know what i i will say and this is the last thing that we'll wrap up the show is i've been playing through uh kirby's what is it kirby's not epic yarn uh kirby's the yarn Kirby game on 3DS. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, Yoshi? You mean the Yoshi one? Oh, Yoshi's Yoshi? Woolly World. Sorry. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's also real good. And also Robo Robobot, Planet Robobot. Planet Robobot. Also like 3DS, like still bringing it. So um, that's, I think, where we should wrap it up because I'm losing my voice from my third podcast today. So uh, let's wrap it up by uh, CJ. Where can people go check you out and your other offerings in both video games and podcasts. Well, I am super pack on Twitter. That's S U P E R P A C. Uh, and you can listen to the player one podcast. We do a show every single week on Sundays and then we release it on Tuesdays. Player one podcast.com is where you'll find that your destination for, uh, microtransactions, free to play and sunsetting. <laughs> Go, That's right. If, actually, uh, we were talking about it before, but really good in-depth discussion in uh, free-to-play stuff and all that Fire Emblem weirdness that's going on. So uh, go and check out, I think it was a, two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago, right? Uh, yeah, episode 546. Okay. Yeah, go Man. check it out. That's, a much easier, that's much easier to, to look up. Um, Josh, where can people find you and, and what do you got coming up? 
joshuahillier.com. And uh, I, I host a podcast called Digital Rights, but it's hard to say I really host it because I haven't had an episode in a long time. Got to get back on uh, the horse. Yeah, I know. And and I'm still paying for the server space every month and everything because I do intend to come back to that podcast. But uh, that probably will be this summer before I start really doing that again. Um, I've been talking to people who are uh, more on the screenwriting side of things lately, actually. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the kind of guests that you'll be seeing or hearing, I should say. That's really fascinating. I'd be curious if you could ever get like some of those now recently departed Valve writers now that they like all the original Half-Life 2 writing uh, staff is all gone now. That's a really good idea. And it's sad to see that that's the direction, you know, Valve is really, I mean, it's been clear for a long time, but, you know, making narrative focused games is not something they're interested in. And like the worst part is like, like some people don't realize this, but $100 bills are not very absorbent for tears. So (laughs) it's not really an optimal situation for them as well. So I'd like to find out. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a $100 bill three feet from me. It's just one, 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 one hundred. I can make you cry about it. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Back in My Play. (laughs) Yeah, it's Back in My Play, not the fake ass. Back in My Play. And uh, don't forget, like I mentioned earlier in the show, patreon.com slash back in my play. Support this show. Help Help me make more content and more episodes for Patreon supporters, for the audience. I'm really excited about that. And and really, I hope if you believe in the show and believe in uh, what I'm doing with it, please go to patreon.com slash back my play, check it out, take a look at what the offerings are. And even if you just like the show, if you go over there, it takes like two minutes to set up Patreon. Uh, and you can set up like a $5 monthly contribution, less than the price of a cup of coffee. If a lot of the audience does it, it will allow me to create even more awesome stuff for the back of my play audience. I really do appreciate you going and checking that out. And while you're there, go and check out patreon.com slash p1 podcast. If you like p1 podcast and you want to help support those guys and allow them to continue to do the show that they've been doing for like 11 years. Almost. Yeah. yeah 11 almost. years. Coming up on it. That's great. Ooh, we're getting old. <laughs> uh, 11 years. Uh, go check that out too. And you can follow me at back in my player at Kevin Larby on Twitter and on Instagram and all that great stuff. And until next time, here is some more fantastic music from Super Mario Kart. The next episode that we do is a little bit of a toss-up, but I think we're going to be going to a very different system depending on how quickly the shipper from Japan can get me this console. So stay tuned for that, and we will see you next time. Peace.